Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. So honored to have all of you here today in our 8.30, 8.30 service. We had a beautiful touch of God last night in this room. People seeking the Lord, people from coming from different places that would not be here because of their Sunday obligations but are able to be here on Saturday night. And aren't we thankful that that has happened? Saturday has been a success and we're grateful already. Our third service that we've had on Saturday nights. Would you just praise God for a minute for those receiving the Holy Ghost and coming to the Lord? I'm telling you, the Lord is moving. He is moving. This is what this is all about is to see people come to Him. Amen. Miracles are happening among us touch of the Lord is here I'm going to read my text in a moment but I want to address something first you may be seated in the book of Hebrews the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 this is not my text but I do feel to bring something to your attention I understand that a word that we haven't used much in our vocabulary until recently has been the word mandate we have been told of different mandates and limitations of crowds and stay home orders and they're trying to tell us what is essential and not essential and uh, I want everyone in the room to understand that that yes there are mandates that our governor has put upon us different mandates across the country but no mandate should cause us to override uh, from a man the mandates of God that's right let me give you an example in, uh, in Daniel's day, the king mandated that they would not pray. But Daniel prayed anyhow. There's one thing to obey the laws of the land. There's another thing to disobey the voice of God. Can you say amen? So let's talk about a mandate right here, right now. We're going to have mandates. Hebrews 10, verse 25. I did this last night as well, and I feel to do it today. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. We can't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We will never do what we did a few months ago to where we just have no assembling of ourselves together for two months. I don't believe we'll ever do that again unless there's some outbreak that's dangerous, but we need one another. We need each other. We need communal gathering. Can you clap your hands and say, we need each other. Even if it's looking across the room and saying, I've been praying for you this week. It's it's so good to see you. How many know we need to be with each other in the house of God? There's another mandate, and it is in the book of Psalms, chapter 100. Let's look at Psalms 100. Let's look and see what it says. Turn there in Psalms chapter 100 very first portion of scripture I ever remember memorizing but it says in verse 1 make a joyful noise unto the Lord that is a biblical mandate somebody said well I don't feel like it it doesn't matter how you feel sometimes you got to make it happen you make a joyful noise unto the Lord all your land serve the Lord with gladness come before his presence with singing those are not optional those are biblical mandates Can you say amen? Know ye that the Lord, he is God. 
It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Are you ready for verse 4? When you come into the house of God, mask or no mask, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Feeling good or not feeling good, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Had a rough week or a great week. When you come into the house of God, you enter his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. Why? For he is good. When you're not good, he's still good. When you haven't been worthy of anything, he's still worthy of everything. Can you clap your hands and shout, he's good. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all, somebody shout all generations. How about the mandates? If there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and God will raise them up. We're going to have church, but we're not going to limit what we do in church. We might be social distance, but we still have biblical mandates. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The Bible says the singing of the Lord. We will not stop singing unto the Lord. We will not stop worship him when the Bible says leap for joy. Amen. Man, it's okay to leap for joy. How many know the Bible says they dance before him? Praise him upon the organ. Praise him upon the string instruments. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Praise him in a dance. Praise him with the timbrel. Come on, let's not limit our praise because of man's mandates. Let's magnify him. Lift your hands, shout unto the Lord. Come on, everybody stand and clap your hands and shout. Amen, the Bible says shout. All ye people. Shout hallelujah. On the count of three, shout hallelujah. One, two, three. One, two, three. Praise God. Those are biblical mandates. We cannot be intimidated by man's mandates. But we must obey God's mandates. And that will bring what? The blessing in the presence of God. The book of Acts chapter 1. Amen. So good to see everybody. Always great blessing to be at the house of God, isn't it? I know it's challenging because some of you aren't with your family and, and some of your closest friends are a different service. And, and I do want to say to all of our seasoned saints and you're bringing people, we have, you can look around, there's like 350 seats on the floor. And so when we have around 100 or 150, and I think last night probably was around 90, I'm assuming, but uh, there's room to invite people now where before wasn't room to invite people. So bring somebody with you. And there's going to be days that you have somebody that can come to church with you, but they can't come to the service of your choice. So when you're reaching for people, bring them to the service of their choice. Can you say amen? Because we want them to hear the gospel. The Holy Ghost is going to fall in this service today. Amen. The Holy Ghost is going to fall in this service. Do you believe that? Acts 1.8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 it says but ye shall receive power everybody shout power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you when will you receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you now let's say it this way I shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon me he said and ye shall be witnesses of what? The power of God. Unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of 
the earth. Everybody shout power. I'd like to preach to you on this subject today on the power of God. Everybody say the power of God. Clap your hands and praise Him for His Word. Go ahead and magnify Him for His Word. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. You may be seated. You may be seated. The power of God. When I think of power, I think of electricity. When I think of power, I think of dynamite. How many saw the video of the explosion in Beirut? Did you see that? I've never seen anything like that in my life, the explosion that happened. So, uh, I believe it was uh, ammonium nitrate on some Russian ship that had been somehow detonated. and uh, It was so destructive. It was power. When you think of power, I think of tornadoes. I think of hurricanes. That was a powerful storm. When I think of power, I think of fire that can be so destructive that man and all of their technology cannot control as we've seen in California as of recent. When I think of power, I think of when I was a boy, July the 8th, 2000. As I say a boy, I was about 22. July the 8th, 2004, that 10 inches of water fell in about three hours uh, rain fell in about three hours and the mountains began to break loose and the streams turned into rivers and I remember police cars being washed up under bridges and houses were, were completely knocked down and destroyed power, power, power when you talk about you when you receive the Holy Ghost you are going to receive power what does it mean? what is the Holy Ghost? who is the Holy Ghost? In Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 is where it happened. Jesus prophesied that you will receive power. Somebody say amen. amen. And you that have received the Holy Ghost understand about the power of God. Praise the Lord. When I think of power, I think of bees. Amen. Amazing. A bee can make a, make a slow man run. Glory. My dad used to tell about a man, he was... He was walking with his cane till he hit a yellow jacket's nest. So he threw the cane down, ran all the way across the field. Power. I remember one time I was driving down the road with Finn. I was driving, I was up in the mountains in my pickup truck, and on the way up the hill there was a, a limb that hung down over that gas well road I was going up, and huge hornet's nest hanging down. And oh, Eric, it is so funny because I just rolled my window up. I'm in a pickup truck. I hit that limb, those bees went crazy. I just laughed because they couldn't get to me. I mean, yelling. there was hornets flying everywhere. Yeah, I forgot about it on the way back and had my window down. <laughs> then they were having fun, I think. You know, I remember that, that I, I hit it and I was instantly reminded there's a hornet's nest under this limb on my way back and hornets began to fly in the wind, in the, in, into my side window of my driver's side. I started rolling my window up. Then I realized they won't be able to get out and I started rolling it back down. I floored the truck down, slid down to the highway, and I got out. I didn't care what anybody thought about me. I was going one of these numbers beside the highway because power will make you move. And when you look at the book of Acts chapter 2, it's what happened. 
It was something that moved. I'll never forget when I was a, a young man in church, we, we used to have something in the church called specials, Brother Corey, specials in the church. You would typically have three worship songs, an offering, and then that night you would have a special. Somebody would sing a solo in church. Maybe it would be a husband and wife. Maybe it would be somebody that had just a, a sang, sang a, a solo of some sort. Anybody remember the days back in church? We had, we had specials in church. and I remember there was rotations. And we had Saturday night church every single week. I know we just started, but we had Saturday night church every single week. And, and uh, we, had, we started at 7.30. We didn't get out until 11. They let everybody to sing that wanted to sing. Whether they could or not. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And I remember one lady, she got up and sing, and she was as dead as a hammer. I remember when she got up and sing, I felt like, I felt like God left the building and I don't know, it was just so dry when I was a kid. It, it, it seemed like the longest song of the night. And, and uh, she got up and one time, I mean, she, it was sort of just monotone singing and, and uh, pretty dry singing, but one time I heard her go, woo! Boy, it got my attention. Woo! She started doing one of these numbers. I thought the spirit of the Lord is upon her. Praise, I was just a little boy. And I looked, finally I looked up and it was a wasp over her head. Power had caused her to move. Acts chapter two, verse one, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That meant they were all focused on the same thing. They were there because in Luke 24, 47, Jesus, when he was getting ready to ascend to the heaven after he had been resurrected from the grave and walked 40 days on the earth, he said in that repentance, and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Everybody shout, beginning at Jerusalem. He said, look at verse 48, and ye are witnesses of these things. There's that word from Acts 1 and 8. Go read on, look what it says. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until, somebody shout, until, ye be endued with power from on high. He said, I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to pray. I want you to stay there, tarry there until it happens. May I remind all you apostolic Pentecostals, we still need some people that are willing to tarry until they receive the power. This is not a microwave Christianity. This is not a Taco Bell drive through blessing place. Amen. There's gotta be a willingness to tarry until. Somebody shout, tarry until. Come on, if the preacher doesn't get to you in 15 minutes, don't turn him off. Tarry with the preacher until you receive the revelation. If you're praying, man, I feel like preaching to somebody right now. You gotta be very careful that you don't put God on your time frame. You don't limit God to when you think he should move or not move. You've gotta understand if he wants me to wait an hour in prayer, I'll wait an hour in prayer, but I'm gonna tarry until Amen. I know I'm preaching to more people than responding right now, but I'm telling you, we've got to learn to tarry in his presence, to linger in his presence. We're too busy. Our minds are too busy. Our minds are too spun on entertainment, social media, and schedules, and things we got to do at the house, and on the vehicles, and in the garage. We, if we're not careful, our minds will be so busy that we can't wait upon the Lord. But the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew knew their strength. They shall
shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Come on, somebody jump up on your feet and help me preach for a minute. We gotta learn to wait upon him. We've gotta learn to carry upon him. Amen. I'm gonna tell you, he's worth the wait. Pray five minutes, and if he doesn't move, then you know he then he wasn't wasn't to bless me. And you pray seven minutes, read five verses in your Bible, and you can't get your mind on it. Instead of tarrying, we 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 go on about our day. But I feel like we've got to get back, brother Aaron, to some people lingering. When I was growing up, and somebody was seeking the Holy Ghost, people would tarry for the Holy Ghost. There was people to seek the Holy Ghost that would wear you out. Hours of praying, stand up there. People get on each side of them. One person hold this hand. One person hold this hand. And they'd be praying and seeking the Holy Ghost. They were tarrying for the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying that we necessarily have to pray hours for somebody to get it. But what I'm saying is we got to get something in us that if God doesn't move in 10 minutes, we're done with what he's wanting to do. They went to Jerusalem and they waited. And they prayed all night. They were so hungry. A crowd of 500 couldn't tarry. A crowd of 500 on the uh, Mount of Olives just before he descended and said that. Go to Jerusalem, wait until you receive power. Brother Nehemiah, 500 he told that to. But you get to the day of Pentecost, Brother Garrett, there was only 120 people there. 120, why? Because not everybody wants to wait. Not everybody is willing to tarry. But if God says you go there and tarry until, I believe there's some people at the anchor that says, I'll wait. I'm not leaving. If he said he's got something he's going to give me, I'm going to wait upon him. I'm going to tarry until. I don't want the cross to be, come on. Anybody willing to tarry today? Anybody willing to wait? He said tarry. Somebody shout tarry. Amen. We need Brother Terry in the church. Glory to God. Terry, until you be endued with what? Somebody shout power. That word power can be used in the same word dynamite. Explosive power. You shall receive power. So when did it happen? Get to the day of Pentecost. There's 120 there. While they are there, Brother Hugo, on the day of Pentecost, was fully come. They were with one accord in one place. And suddenly, somebody shout suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a wind. Are you following me on the IT? Acts 2, Acts 2 and 2. There was a sound from heaven as of a as a rushing wind, as a mighty wind. No, the sound that came from heaven was as a rushing, mighty wind. Watch the scripture when you study it. When you study the scripture, there is exaggerated terms, and I don't mean that negatively, but he's trying to make a point. It's like a wind like you've never heard. It's like a wind like you've never seen. It's rushing, it's mighty, when? How many know he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think? What he's saying is when the power of God falls, it's like no power you've ever experienced. It's like a wind you've never experienced. It's greater than anything you've ever experienced. It is the power of God. The wind. Somebody shout the wind. And there appeared unto them 
cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them. Everybody shout fire. And then the fire came. The wind blew. The fire came. At the 1030 service, I'm going to preach a message called I am on fire. But I feel here to, to, to tell you today is that the fire fell. When the fire came upon them, everybody say power. When the wind began to blow, everybody say power. And there were all, and they were all what? Filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The word utterance means the ability to speak. He said in Matthew 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils and they shall speak with new tongues. Jesus said they would speak with new tongues. Why is it when the power falls that people start speaking in new tongues or another language? That means if you're in English and the Holy Ghost falls and comes upon you, you're gonna stop speaking in, in English and you start speaking in another language. Everybody shout power. Who would have ever thought that one day you could start praying and start speaking in a language that mom and daddy didn't teach you? That you didn't learn from grandma or grandpa. You didn't learn from the local school teacher. A language that's beyond you. And that's exactly what happened. They started speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance or the ability to speak. Let me give you an example. There's a young lady in Louisiana. She was at a Bible quiz meeting. And after the meeting, they had a prayer meeting. And in that prayer meeting, Brother Melik, she started praying. They were gathered in a circle praying. A person that was with her was from the Middle East. She was a foreign exchange student. This was a girl from Louisiana, in Louisiana. This 15-year-old girl that was from Louisiana, when she was praying, she started praying in the Holy Ghost. She started speaking in other tongues. And when she got finished praying, her friend from the Middle East, the foreign exchange student, looked at her and said, how did you do that? Oh, she said, oh, I'm sorry. That's, we call that the Holy Ghost. God's spirit moving upon us. And, and she said, no, 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 no. She said, I'll be, when we receive the Holy Ghost, she said, we, speak in, we, we, we start speaking in other tongues, as the Bible says. She said, no, no, no. She said, when you were praying, you were praying, and you started speaking in the language from the country I'm from. She said, what well, we'd all say. Well, what did I say? Why? Because 1 Corinthians 14. Would you, would you throw 1 Corinthians up on the, let's teach here today. I want you to understand about speaking in other tongues. I want you to understand the power. Somebody shout the power of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, amen. It says, it says in verse two, it says, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto who? Everybody say, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. If you look in verse 14, it says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is what? Unfruitful. Praise God. If you look in verse 39, Paul said, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. What was he saying? He said, Something happens when you speak in tongues. When the power of God comes upon you, you begin to pray in another language. Oh, I want to preach to you here for a minute. Amen. The Bible says, how did you get the Bible that we have written? How did you get that book? 
Was it intellectual men that were smart enough that God decided to use them? Or was it men, the Bible says, holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost? You see, what is the Holy Ghost? What is the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit? All interchangeable terms, which just is that's God's Spirit, for God is a John 4, 23, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Let me teach you here. What is the Holy Ghost? When the Bible says you shall receive power, what is that power? Genesis 1, are you ready? In the beginning, all right, all you, all you Bible students here, you ready? First verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. What happens here? And the Spirit of God, I want everybody in the room to say, Spirit of God did what? It moved upon the face of the waters. The word Spirit actually means breath. So when you're talking about the Spirit of God, you're talking about the breath of God. It is the movement of God. It's something that comes from with God, within God, and comes out of Him. Everybody say, the breath of God. When you're studying the Bible, there is a law. When you're studying the Bible, it's called the law of initial precedent. I want everybody to say the law of initial precedent. The law of initial precedent states that when you're studying a specific subject where it is first mentioned or initially mentioned in Scripture, it carries precedence of its meaning through the whole Bible. So when you're studying, what does it mean to have the Spirit of God, the breath of God, what is the Spirit of God doing when you first see the Spirit of God in Scripture? It's moving. So when you're talking about the Spirit of God, you're talking about the movement of God, the action of God, the verb of God. Can you say amen? So when Jesus was being baptized, there's a picture of that. When Jesus comes up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord descended upon him, or the Holy Ghost descended upon him like a dove. What was it doing? It descended. In the book of Acts, it says the Holy Ghost fell on them. In Acts chapter uh, 10, verse 44, fell upon them. What is the Spirit of God doing? It is the movement of God. Praise the name of the Lord. And amazing is that when the Spirit of God gets a hold of you, it's going to cause a movement. Something's going to happen. I heard somebody say one time, well, I got saved and... and, and you know, when I got saved, I don't know what happened. And God can move the Spirit, but I don't know what happened. I'm going to tell you, there was a man on, preaching on the radio one time. He said to all of those out there in radio land that are saved and don't know it. I thought, you can't stick your finger in a light socket and not know it. You're going to know it. You're going to feel the power of God. Let me tell you, when the creator touches his creation, you're going to know it. My grandmother used to sing, I know because he touched me. Is there anybody in the room that you remember when the power of God touched your life? You knew beyond the shadow of a doubt. You had been touched by God. Somebody shout, he's real. There's an old song that says, it's real, it's real. I know it's real. It's a Pentecostal blessing, and I know, I know it's real. It's real, it's real. I know it's real. It's a Pentecostal blessing, and I know, I know it's real.
I'm telling you, it's a real experience. If you want it, you can have it. You want to just go to church mundane, mediocre, you can. But the hungry are going to get it. The hungry are going to be touched by him. You need a miracle, you can have it. He begins to breathe upon you. He begins to move upon your spirit. Somebody shout, the power of God. So on the day of Pentecost, when the power of God fell, it was compared to the wind. It was compared, what? Fire was... Cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. By the end of the chapter, or toward the middle of the chapter, excuse me, he compared it, Joel compared it, said it'd be like the rain that would fall upon, the latter rain. Let me tell you the most powerful forces on the planet. Are you ready? It's wind, it's fire, and it's water. Wind, fire, and water. And on the day of Pentecost, when he said you will receive power, guess what? He uses all three powerful universe, uh, forces up on the planet to compare the Holy Ghost power to. And I come to preach to you, amen, I come to preach to you today that the same God on the day of Pentecost, what he did at Calvary was not just for the day of Pentecost. It was not just for the Bible ages. It has made it through the eons of time. And I'm telling you, the same power of God then is the same power of God now. You come too late to tell me it can't happen. Something happens when you call his name. Come on, jump your feet and help me preach. I come to tell you when you say the name of Jesus, you receive the power of God. Somebody shout the power of God. Oh, clap your hands and praise him. I have come to learn. You may be seated. It is in your nature to want to know about supernatural things. That's why Spider-Man, Batman, they come up with Ant-Man. They're desperate. Ant-Man. looking for heroes I'm telling you Superman that was my favorite I had the blue and red pajamas they were like skinny jeans before they were in style red caped I was seven years old I'd jump off the couch sore and fall on my face I snuck it my mom said I couldn't but I disobeyed and I snuck my Superman cape to school and I fly off the swing set glory to God Trying to impress the ladies at seven. <laughs> Superman. Why are people infatuated with superheroes? Because to every man is dealt a measure of faith. And even in nature in every place in the world, people are infatuated with the, the, the comic books about people that can do extra ordinary things. Oh yeah. It's in the nature. And so when they turn around 10 years old, it's amazing that when a child turns 10 and starts maybe at 10 to go through adolescence, the child at 10 years old starts looking for something beyond himself or herself. So they know something's missing. There's something missing in their life. So they start reaching for things. Little boys grab, out in the country, grab corn husk and roll them up and start smoking. Trying to put something in them that will make them feel better and fulfill an empty spot in them. In, the, in, the, in a regular town, they'll reach for a cigarette. Steal mom and dad's cigarette. They'll start smoking a cigarette and sharing it. And they know it's wrong and they start smoking sitting, coughing and gagging. And What are they doing? Trying to get something in them that makes them feel satisfied. 
It's not long until the nicotine cigarette, a cigar, turns into a drink of alcohol. Until I was growing up, boys in school, they would have their first drink. It wasn't long over a period of time. They'd come and talk about how they got wasted. They got hammered. They got stoned. They got plastered was terms that they would use. And I remember boys that were innocent all of a sudden begin to change because now they got a hold of something that makes them feel different than normal because normal wasn't satisfying. It wasn't long until when I was a kid they had pills called speed, uppers, and then they had downers. And then they would try speed. And it wasn't long until they got marijuana. When they got marijuana, it opened the door. They called it the gateway drug. Some of you know about that. A gateway drug would open up, made them feel good, but it wasn't satisfying. They had to reach for something else till they were putting acid under their tongue, till they didn't know who they were or where they were. I'm preaching to you right now. You know what they were doing? They were looking for something powerful. They were looking for something that would make them feel complete. But you know what it made them feel? It made them feel empty. They got a little high, but can never get that high again. On the street, Brother Nehemiah, they call it chasing ghosts until they do meth and they use bath salts. It's crazy what they do. They stick needles under their fingernails. They, they, I've, I've seen them walk in my office and so infected, about to die from the gangrene in their arm from infected needles they put into their arm and I had to make them go to the hospital because they were dying as they were there. People, I just got another message of somebody else that overdosed on drugs just two days ago and their children found them. I'm telling you, the world's a mess because they're looking for the power of God. People have told him, come on, I'm preaching to you. I'm telling you what alcohol will never do, what pills will never do, what crack cocaine will never do. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only he can heal your heart and make you whole. Come on, how many know the answer's not in drugs? It's not in alcohol. It's not in money. It's not in wealth. You can be seated. They tell me, I'm just going to keep on preaching. They tell me, they tell me that most people that win the lottery end up bankrupt. Years ago, they came up with a diagnosis from the psychiatrist, a, a diagnosis. You know what it's called? It's called instant rich syndrome. It is an absolute depression because people all their life said, if I had a million dollars, if I had $10 million, I'd buy this and wouldn't have any limitations. But when they get it, it does not do for them what they thought it would do for them and they end up depressed they end up weary they end up empty I come to preach to you is what the little boy tried to find in a corn husk what the little girl tried to find in losing that young teenager tried to find in losing her virginity what I come to tell you is what that young man tried to find in LSD and cocaine and crack cocaine it, it, it wasn't in it but let me tell you something I've never seen anybody ever get the Holy Ghost and say wasn't all that. They say it was what I was looking for. That's everything I've ever desired. Somebody shout power. Somebody shout power. I come to tell you his power is still here. You don't have to go to the world. You don't have to go to the bar. You don't have to go to the crack house. You don't need a promotion. You need the Holy Ghost. He is the answer. 
It'll heal, heal your heart. Come on, it'll fix every broken piece in your life. It can heal you mentally, emotionally, socially. You need the power of God. Come on, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Brother Cody, we baptized him. You can be seated. I remember, I remember, I remember a lady uh, that came to church. She had cancer from her nose to her toes. She was dying. And I went to college with her son. And he brought her to church. She went to the altar and repented of her sins. We baptized her in Jesus' name. When she come up out of the water, just like in Acts chapter uh, 19. Look at Acts 19. Verse 6. Look what it says. Let's look at verse 5. and Let's go, go back to verse 5. It says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. See, watch it. The Holy Ghost came. The Spirit of God moved. As holy men, uh, holy men of old spake, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. You can't talk about the Spirit of God and not have an action. The Holy Ghost always brings an action. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. I was there. Oh, let me, I just need to preach what I feel here today. And the Holy Ghost, this lady, when she got baptized, she came up out of the water. She was doing this stuff. Shaking under the power of God. Spectators would have said, you know, I don't know what dance that is. But she's not dancing the way you dance. She's responding to the power of God. And I warn you, don't you dare mock somebody worshiping God under the power of God. She was shaking and trembling. But when she come out of that baptismal tank, she was healed of cancer. All cancer was removed from her body. You know why? Power. I said there's power. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power. Come on, in the Holy Ghost. I'm not preaching about just some Christian. Christian, I'm talking about the power of God. I was 11 years old. You can be seated. Jillian, you're 12. I was 11 I was sitting somewhere back in this area of the church and uh, while my dad was preaching, while Papa Bounds was preaching, honey, and uh, the Spirit of the Lord began to move. I love good old-fashioned move of God. We need it. Everybody say a move of God. It's amazing. People have been to church all their life, never been in a move of God. Never been in a spirit-filled church. You can, you can mark it down to the minute what they're going to do every single week. No movement. No God's not allowed to move there. I'm going to tell you, he can interrupt my preaching anytime he wants to. He can interrupt the offering anytime he wants to. Come on. He can interrupt the praise and worship anytime he wants to. That's why the anchor, you just don't ever know what's going to go on. We have a structure, but we might preach and we might not because God might save somebody when they're coming in the church in the first five minutes. It's his church. I said it's his church. He can do whatever he wants to do whenever, however. It's not my church. I didn't shed my blood for it. So he can do whatever he wants to. Jillian, I'll never forget that day that Papa Bounds was preaching on this side of the church, on that side in Beckley, West Virginia. On that side of the church, Brother Steve. The Lord's dealing with you, isn't he? Lift your hand, Brother Steve. The Holy Ghost is touching you right now. You go ahead. Stand here free, Brother Steve. You've been desiring the Holy Ghost, and the Lord told me to tell you, he's good enough to give it to you. I lay hands on you, let your spirit begin to pray. Come on, the tears are running. The Holy Ghost is upon him. 
Come on, clap your hands and praise him all over the building. The Holy Ghost. Come on, stand to your feet if you feel the power of God. Come on, this is what's happening. The power of God. He's trembling because he feels the power. Come on, lift your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost all over the building. The Holy Ghost is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory. The power. Somebody shout the power of God. Woo. Do you feel it? Then you can have it. Come on. If you can feel it, you can have it. If you can feel him, you can have him. Just let him touch you. The old timer said he's walking up and down the avenues of my soul. Jillian, I'll never forget it as long as I live. I was 11. You can be seated. I was 11 years old. (laughs) Anybody know what it's like to tremble in his presence? The shudder in his presence. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Sitting there and watching on this side of the church, the deaf community that had come with Milton Bowles is his name. He brought a whole group of deaf folks, people that had never heard. They were deaf. Many of them had never spoken a word in their life, never heard a word in their life. While my daddy was preaching, there was a sign language interpreter sitting there on this side on this side of the church he was he was interpreting sign language to the deaf community we need that in this church the gospel needs to go to everybody no matter their limitation or language he was speaking to them in sign language and when my father gave the altar call I watched this man about 35 brother Eric long hair he had hair to about down here I watched him get up from his seat and go to the altar and I watched the interpreter sit beside him and pray with him. And he began to repent. He began to say, I am sorry for my sins. Sister Esther, when he was done praying, he said, I want to be baptized. I remember seeing him go, Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Brother Tim was miraculous. We baptized him. And I remember sitting somewhere in this area. And I looked when that man who had never heard a word in his life, he had never even spoken a word in his life. He was deaf and dumb. But when he came up out of the water of baptism, his hands were like this and he was speaking in a heavenly language. They put the microphone up to his mouth. He was speaking in other tongues because when the power of God comes upon you, amen, he made your mouth, he can loose your mouth. I'm preaching to you today. It's what we need. We need the power of God. Come on, stand your feet, clap your hands and shout. I need the power of God. I need him moving upon me. I need him. Lift your hands all over the building. The Holy Ghost is falling in this room.
everyone in the room to repent right now where you are. Everybody. There's no one in this room that can't repent before God. I want, I want everybody in the room to ask God to forgive you. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. I want you repenting. Jesus, I'm sorry. Come on. Be respectful to what God is doing here. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. Lord, I need you in my heart. I need you to change who I am. I need the wind, the fire, the rain. Lord, to transform my life. I need you to move upon me. I need a movement. I need to be changed and transformed. Come on, God, I'm sorry. I don't want to be a sinner. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to carry on the curses of this world. God, I'm asking you to save me today. Come on. You act like your father and you don't want to. You're repeating his actions and you vowed I'd never do what he did. But because of DNA and upbringing cycles, you're repeating what he did. But I come to tell you, the power of God can transform you to be better, can transform you to be different, but he's waiting on you to repent. He has to work through a willing vessel. You gotta allow him to move. Allow him to speak. You gotta allow him to flow through you in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can feel the power of God. Say amen. I feel the power of God. The Lord's trying to change your situation. He's trying to change who you are. Thank you, God. on the Lord's healing moving come on what you're trying to do with medicine isn't going to fix it can't medicate a wounded spirit the Holy Spirit's going to heal you every abusive thing you ever went through but he needs you to open the heart store just love him for a moment. The Lord is ministering here. What I could never do, he's doing right now. The alcohol is gone. It's gone. The Lord has removed it. Come on, in this room, it is gone. God has removed it. Every gene, every connection inside DNA, he's transformed you. By the power of God. He's made all things new. I speak to you in the Holy Ghost in this room. The Lord is speaking to you. He has made all things new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're here today, 
in Acts 19 were two things that Paul asked when he found believers in Jesus. He said, how were you baptized? And have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Two things. How were you baptized? And have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Today, I would ask you, how were you baptized? You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Number two, when you see the Holy Ghost, you will speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance or the ability to speak. Can everyone say amen? In this altar today, if you, I want you to ask your neighbor, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Would you do that? Ask your neighbor right now. All over the building, I want you to ask somebody near you, have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? Amen. Ask him, say, have you ever spoken in other tongues? And would you like to? Because it's for you and your children. Do you believe that? It's for you and your children. I feel the Lord moving right now. But before I give an altar call for people to get the Holy Ghost, somebody needs deliverance right now. And right here, you're going to find it. I can't get away from it. In Acts 8. In Acts 8. The power of God is moving right now. In Acts 8, what Simon tried to do with sorcery was no comparison to what God did in the Holy Ghost. He realized that God had more power than all of his sorceries. I don't know who's going, who's seeking spiritual counsel from wrong things, but you don't need demonic things. It will always be followed by oppression, depression, suicidal thoughts. But I'm going to tell you, when you get the Holy Ghost, the power of God, it will give you peace and joy. Can you say amen? I want you to look at your neighbor right now and ask them, would you like to have the Holy Ghost? Praise God. You can receive it right now. What if God, the power of God, the creator of the universe, would move right here in this altar right now? Would you come and let him do in you what you need? If you need a deliverance of some sort, come here. But if you want the Holy Ghost, I want you to come. I want you to, if you want the Holy Ghost, somebody said to you, I want the Holy Ghost. I want you to bring him to the altar. We're going to pray right here in this altar. Come on, all over the building. Amen, amen, amen. Brother Steve, it's all over you still. I feel that. Go ahead, Tiffany. Amen. Anybody else says, hey, I would like to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Brother Steve, just remain standing because God has heard your heart already. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody in the building that says, I would like to have the Holy Ghost today. Amen. If you've never spoken in other tongues, I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave here. God wants to fill you with His Spirit. If you need healing, you need deliverance, you need a power of God, He is here. I'm not just preaching this to preach this. Amen. I'm preaching this because He wants to act. His Spirit wants to move upon your situation. Come on, all over the building, begin to praise Him. and shout for the victory. It's getting right to happen. I want everybody to listen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to get to a shout today. We want to up. We want to praise him. I feel victory right now. I'm almost done. You say to, you say to me today, you say, how come we speak in tongues when the Holy Ghost comes initially? I'm going to tell you why. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why you talk to somebody for a few minutes, you'll find that they like hiking or they like hunting or fishing or shopping or their favorite food. They're going to talk about what's in their heart. 
And when the Holy Ghost comes in the heart, you will speak with other tongues. Why? Because the presence of God comes in, you will start speaking, what? In a language you do not understand. Because you begin to talk, your spirit is born again and begins to talk directly to God. That's what's going to happen today. I'm going to, we're going to pray in just a moment. Brother Nehemiah is going to come and speak a word of faith over you. I want every believer, if you've ever spoken in tongues, you let it happen again. Would you do that? And everyone that's never received it, I want you to lift your hands and the Holy Ghost is going to come up on you and you're going to be filled and or refilled everybody in the building that wants it. Do you believe that? How many believe it's going to happen right now? Brother Gators, come and speak a word of faith. When he, when he shouts hallelujah at the end, you shout hallelujah. And when you shout hallelujah, this power of God is going to come up on you and the Lord is going to fill us with his spirit. Hallelujah. Won't you lift your hands all across the building? Come on, they were in one accord, everybody all across the building. Just begin to worship the Lord. Begin to worship the Lord. God is going to heal your body. God is going to renew your prayer life. God is going to refill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's going to renew you in the power of the Holy Ghost right now. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is in this place. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is in this place. The power of God is in this place. The love of God is in this place. The pure, holy anointing of God is in this place. Hallelujah. Just begin to worship the Lord right now in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray and the Holy Ghost is going to touch you. Every need that you have, it's going to be answered today. The confusion is going to leave your mind and your life today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. By the power of the name of Jesus, by the authority of the word of Almighty God, by the authority that's in your spirit, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Be renewed in the Holy Ghost. Be freshly anointed in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.